say that that wonderful song was the end credit theme song by john huckert who i wasn't able to find that he ever did anything else probably uh, <laughs> for good reason shit no need you do that one and done and in, in order uh, to you know I, i'd say you know have have the cum- cumulative experience of this film i was trying to get a hold of the vinyl soundtrack until i learned that that song was not included on the Varese sarabande vinyl so i did oh. not purchase the vinyl after all because no. of that fact. Oh my been, gosh. That's, that, that song's been tied up in copyright litigation for years. <laughs> they locked that one up in the vault. That's a, that's a vault song. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the New World Pictures podcast, uh, where we talk about every single movie released by New World Pictures. My name is Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. I, are we recording? And Erica. We're in a dead heat. <laughs> I cannot get enough of that song. We're in a dead heat. Got it. Yeah, got, got, it. got it. Heat. I'm clear. Yep. Totally clear now. Yep. Got it. Uh, joining us for this episode as well, our friend and New World Pictures super fan. Woo! You remember him from our episodes of Hellraiser and Tough Turf. Justin Grams, everybody. And WPP VIP. Kill this guy, would you? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So, Justin, you're saying you could not track down this particular, this particular vinyl. This is one you that has eluded you. Well, it had eluded me until I actually found one. But once I learned the end credit song was not included on the soundtrack by Ernst Troost, I uh, did not buy the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Ernst Troost. Uh, what other soundtracks did Troost do? Nothing. New World. I looked. Oh really? Mm. Oh. So oh, basically yeah. nothing. He so, basically yeah. Nothing. So who cares? He actually exactly. is still he is still working today, but uh, his uh, resume was nothing to you know that wasn't impressive with no New World on it. Well, Dead Heat, so it's very impressive. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's, he's a he's a one composer wonder. <laughs> he, he, when you nail it, you don't need to like bother with other with other movies because you've already nailed it. Exactly. exactly. That's right, everybody. So we brought uh, Justin on for special reasons, and that's because we're talking about what I am sure is a certified New World Pictures classic. We're talking 1988's Dead Heat. There's definitely something very weird going on here. Detective Roger Mortis <laughs> has a problem. He's dead. But Detective Bigelow is 
bringing them back alive. That's okay. Don't get up. Told you not to get up. Now, he's got 12 hours to solve the toughest murder case of his career. His own. Fight this thing. Maybe we could drown it in A1 sauce. Treat Williams. Sit down. And Joe Piscopo are dead heat. You can't keep a good cop dead. <laughs> I see what they did there. <laughs> That's right. 1988's Dead Heat brought to you by Mrs. Fields Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> And convertibles! (laughs) Mrs. Fields missed out on uh, 1987's Lethal Weapon because they couldn't match the Knutson Eggnog sponsorship money. (laughs) But they weren't going to miss out on this! What a deep cut! (laughs) Fuck you, Lethal Weapon! (laughs) Fuck you, Eggnog! (laughs) Uh, Just want to do a quick check-in before we get into uh, the details about Dead Heat. Did we all watch the same film? Did anyone watch 2002's Dead Heat starring Kiefer Sutherland, <gasps> Anthony Anthony LaPaglia, nope. and Rada Mitchell? Yeah, I, I, I watched it and uh, waiting for Vincent Price, and then the end credits came, and I was like, fuck, I must have got the wrong film. <laughs> and, uh, never saw the New World logo either. <laughs> but kept that, watching. That should have tipped you off like from the get-go, but I'm glad you stuck with it. I hope yeah. you enjoyed yourself. Did anyone watch uh, the 1966 James Coburn movie Dead Heat on a merry-go-round? Did anyone see that? Wow. No, one, no one watched that one, right? No. Or the 1996 thriller Dead Heart starring Brian Brown? Oh, so close. So uh, close. I, I, like, I, wouldn't have, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have fallen for that one. <laughs> I, no, I you did, wouldn't have fallen for that. I did watch Mask of the Red Death that did have Vincent Price <laughs> in it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's what you saw. You saw that like a year ago. That's good. Well, so you were already, you've been waiting a long time for this one. <laughs> uh, Dead Heat is directed by Mark Goldblatt. He started out as a New World, at New World as a PA on Eat My Dust and Hollywood Boulevard before becoming an editor uh, on New World movies like Piranha or co-editor. With, Sorry, you're uh, saying it wrong. It's Piranha. Piranha, excuse me. Piranha. Piranha. Uh, he was a co-editor with Joe Dante and Humanoids from the Deep, and then he moved on to Canon's Enter the Ninja and followed Joe Dante out of New World with The Howling, and then he goes on a tear of films that you may know, like Halloween 2, the one that doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Um, <laughs> and But we're not bitter. <laughs> it's it's uh, The Terminator. Rambo, First Blood Part 2, Commando, and then he does second unit on RoboCop and returns to New World mm. as a director on this film and eventually The Punisher, New World's The Punisher as well. Woo. He then returns to editing with movies like Terminator 2, True Lies, Showgirls, and most recently the Death Wish remake. Mark, if you're listening, please come on the show. We would love to talk to <laughs> yeah. you. What an amazing career. Come on, Mark. I could probably guarantee you a small role in steaming. <laughs> Think about we'll let it. You, we'll let you direct second unit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just pure dongers. That's all that is. Yeah, pure dong. Just dong shots. Nothing but dong shots. And shots of steam. <laughs> yeah, of course. I have to say, I, I shameless plug, I do hope I get to come back for The Punisher because it's one of my favorite New World films. 
Yeah, well, Ooh. yeah, we will be getting to The Punisher. That We're excited to talk about that one. This was written by Terry Black. Mm-hmm. He's the older brother of Shane Black of oh. Lethal Weapon fame. A writer of many buddy cop movies. And he actually, uh, Shane Black also appears in this movie. He's the motorcycle cop that <laughs> uh, oh. that Roger shows his license to, who stops him on the, after right, the right. ambulance That's crash. why you were like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> and you were like, I can't get into yeah, explaining to you. Why spoil these details? <laughs> uh, Terry Black went on to write for Tales from the Crypt and Silk Stockings. Mm. And according to the Dead Heat Press Kit. Woo! Yeah, wow. I got the press wow. kit, everybody. Holding it. We are going to be uh, referencing this press kit a whole lot, or at least I will be. Um, Black wow. wrote this script during a three-week vacation from his job as a computer processor. Translation uh, on a cocaine bender. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the uh, footnotes what... of the press kit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So many footnotes on this press kit. <laughs> um, uh, then uh, he says in the press kit, I'm just happy that New World Pictures allowed me to do the final rewrite. It was a terrific vote of confidence. And speaking of that vote of confidence, um, on the commentary, uh, it is mentioned that Melrose Place and Beverly Hills 90210 creator Darren Starr was brought in to do dialogue touch-up work. So, <laughs> call me Thursday. And and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Darren Starr is credited uh, with being the person who came up with the line, "You have the right to remain disgusting." Mm. Mm. That's Oscar caliber. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's SAG award. Gosh, also, also one of the better lines in the movie. Yeah, but, uh, Dead Heat. I'll keep that in mind if the steam in script needs a little punch up. Need a little punch up. We'll yeah. talk to Darren. Do you yeah, think we'll... he brings it up at every cocktail party he goes to? They're like, hey, you guys saw Dead Heat, right? Yeah, you remember that line? <laughs> yeah, what was your right. favorite line? Right. What was your favorite line? Right. No, fuck you. What is your favorite line? <laughs> no, no, you don't get a second chance, sir. I know the favorite line. What's yours? He, he mentions that in between shots on the new Sex in the City show. He's always like, hey, guys. And we're like, we know about Dead Heat, Darren. Can we move on? That's why Kim Cattrall's not on it, because she That's didn't right. get that question right. She couldn't appreciate it. <laughs> um, Dead Heat is Black's homage to the 1949 Halloween, Hollywood excuse me, movie hmm. DOA. Uh, that plot is, mm-hmm. uh, it's now a cult classic. The hero, fatally poisoned, has only hours in which to find his own killer. Uh, there's a shot of it, a black and white shot of it, that shows up on the TV at one point, I believe, when they are in Randy's apartment. Mm. You know, there was a, a, a DOA craze going on in 1988 for just three Correct. months before Dead Heat. Dennis Quaid mm-hmm. came out in the remake of DOA, aptly titled DOA. Only three months <laughs> yeah. before, yeah, only three months before Dead Heat came out in theaters. That's right. So we had yeah. two competing DOA movies: one with zombies, one without. Yeah, I feel like this one is a stronger homage to the original. Yeah, I think you're the only one. <laughs> yeah, I mean they remade DOA, but this one nailed DOA. You know yeah. what I mean? It, well, I corrected the things that DOA got wrong. This one took it literally. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember as many shots of San Vicente Boulevard in the original DOA. (laughs) See, this one got it right. Yep. This movie, of course, stars Treat Williams, who at the point at this point was known mostly for dramas. And and you would recognize him now as Mick O'Brien from Chesapeake Shores. Mm, Thank you. Of course. For those who don't remember him, (laughs) maybe remember him as John Finnegan in Deep Rising. 
But yes. I, I'm going to say most people these days, Chesapeake Shores is on everyone's uh, radar. Yes. Everyone knows him. For or like Dr. The, Andrew it, Brown from Everwood. Just yeah, saying. Could be. Oh. Could be. You're right. You're <laughs> well, right. he was uh, nominated for a Golden Globe for Prince of the City. He was also in 1985 Smooth Talk. Mm-hmm. But according to Dead Heat's press kit, Williams was happy to show his comedic side. He says in it, uh, for too long now, audiences have perceived me as strictly a dramatic actor with only with very dark overtones. Playing Roger Mortis lets me show them my lighter side. And for the first time in years, I got to play a comic character. And I loved every minute of it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, Richard. Yeah. Richard, I, Richard Treat Williams. <laughs> but audiences Wait. did not because it only brought in about three and a half million on a five million no! budget. <laughs> oh. We'll get to why. Oh. We'll get to why oh. later. Oh. Um, actually, uh, Treat Williams was just finishing up before this movie. He was finishing up 1988's Night of the Sharks. And in fact flew in from the Dominican Republic where he was shooting that in order to shoot this film. Clearly was trying a lot of different things to try to break his uh, his image, I guess. But this movie doesn't just star Treat Williams. It also stars Joe Piscopo mm-hmm. as Doug. Joe, of course, was best known for SNL mm-hmm. and his impression of Frank Sinatra, which mm-hmm. Piscopo got so into that he often turned down writers' ideas because he felt that Frank wouldn't do that. Uh, so much so, <laughs> so much so that they actually, <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> oh wow! They, yeah, he, wow. he did this so much that they wrote a game show sketch called "What Would Frank Do," where contestants wow. had to go on and guess something that Frank would do, and then he comes on and uh, as Frank Sinatra later on in the sketch, it was uh, the show where uh, Danny DeVito was hosting his co-star. From 1986's Wise Guys, uh, he had done that movie, and before that, he'd done Johnny Dangerously in 1984. And I don't remember Frank Sinatra being that yoked. <laughs> this is, I think, before he decided to hit the weights, oh, which he did, I think, oh. after post Saturday Night Live. Now, Saturday Night Live, he had left years before, but according to the commentary for this disc. Uh, New World. They said that New World would not do Dead Heat without Piscopo. Wow, really? They would only do this movie without with Piscopo. Yeah, which seems strange because you're like, wait, he's he's only been in Johnny Dangerously and Wise Guys did not do very well. So they pulled but, they pulled a What Would Frank Do? Yeah, <laughs> they just knew <laughs> that Frank Sinatra. But here's the thing you may not remember because Joe was actually he was actually a star of a series of Miller Lite commercials at the time where he played a variety of characters like Rappin' Fats Piscopo, a former wrestler, and also Bruce Lee. I am master of ancient art of karate, kung fu, and the Chinese a chuckle. <laughs> but the one about the socializing... <laughs> I always reach for a call the Miller Light. Light tastes great, lightless a feeling too. <laughs> Anybody want the pepperoni? Ancient proverb: Only one light beer. Miller Light. No, no. Yeah, from the vaults. Yeah. You know what, guys? Though I know it might feel like, oh, was that weirdly racist? According to the YouTube commenters, no. So everybody relax. What? That was. This isn't racist. This is fine. This is acceptable humor. So, I would argue the opposite so, of those yeah. commenters. So uh, he carries a little bit of that energy into the movie, at least in one scene in the deli. 
Can we have? Can we include that part in this episode? What do you mean? Playing that? Can we play that? Or are people going to be like, dude, you can't play that? I mean, it's online. It's available. I mean, it's out there. I mean, so is 4chan, but that doesn't mean that <laughs> I necessarily. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying it's not. Yeesh. This is the guy that they were like, we can't, we can't make this movie without this guy. We gotta have him. It's amazing that he doesn't get more work. <laughs> yeah. I think he gets more work. He just gets it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, according to Piscopo in the press kit, he said that he is very, he was very excited to be in this film. In fact, he says. The role of Doug Bigelow was great for me, and Dead Heat was a terrific experience. It's got a little comedy, a little seriousness, good action. This is a film I'd like to see. Now, uh, it's time for some impeachment on this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Justin, you, you have a quote from his interview in like, Fangoria, right? I do. I went through and pulled the archival of Van Gogh 73, where uh, Dead Heat was... Uh, <laughs> Cover profile by Mark Shapiro. Want to make sure I give mm-hmm. credit where credit's due on a 30-plus-year-old story. <laughs> this article This article starts off, just let me quote here. Joe Piscopo threw away the script of Dead Heat so many times that the comic who made Light Beer famous swore the thing was part boomerang. Nevertheless, he continued turning up his nose at Terry Black's script. And here's the quote. The reason I said no was that there was too much gore and violence, complains Piscopo. I've got a kid and an image to consider. The story was good, but the gore turned me off. I've <laughs> got an image to consider, says <laughs> yeah. the guy dressed Not- up like Bruce Lee and chopping up a pizza with his hand <laughs> for Miller Lite. <laughs> and, wow. and not an image to uphold, one to just consider. Yeah. He's just considering consider. it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Though maybe he was onto something because, of course, Piscopo doesn't show up in another movie until 1992's Sidekicks. <laughs> wow. Do you think that was his decision? <laughs> I don't think so. I think Piscopo would have been in any movie. Well, apparently he's got an image to protect or to consider. Consider. Just consider. To consider. Just to consider. And I'm going to say that his his uh, quote in Vangoria is the dominating quote here because he never participated in any future Dead Heat special features or commentaries or anything. He completely wrote off the movie after it was released to this day. Yeah, so I think that that, I mean, it's a press kit, so they're only going to put in the positives. But yeah, uh, it seemed when I saw that, I was like, wait, Justin, don't you have a Fangoria that says the exact opposite? So... <laughs> Um, wow. Now, wow. where you can watch Dead Heat, uh, it is on Tubi and is also on Shudder. It was also mm-hmm. just released in 4K by <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome, which is what we watched, and I highly recommend it. There's also a DVD, an old Divimax DVD you can also find available online if you want to get that. But I would recommend the Vinegar Syndrome disc if you can. Unless you can actually get the 35 millimeter print. Then I'd recommend going all the way. Right. Getting, <laughs> right. Doing I mean, it right. Is the script better in 4K, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> really brings it to, really brings oh, it to oh. life. Oh, that's a burn. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Justin, one I point. Was, I was, Justin I was, gets one point for that one. Yeah. I was I was so... Oh, oh God. Is we, we collecting points again this yeah. time? We're doing we need, points. Well, we Super Bowl's up. coming up, so it's going to be a competitive episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about why we chose this. This was actually Erica's pick, but once Erica picked Dead Heat, 
we were like and oh. learned about Joe Piscopo's shady background, she regretted it. She said out loud live on the podcast. Um, she, we said we had to bring. I have an image to uphold. <laughs> to, to consider, consider. thank consider. you, consider. and a kid, and a kid, <laughs> two kids. Jeez, yes, but we wow. only worry about one. Yeah, I only have one to consider. That was, Piscopo only had a kid at the time. He only had one kid at the time. He has more now, but at the time he only God, had you one. You guys kid. are taking my jo- jokes way too literally. Gosh. Jeepers. <laughs> like, Lighten up. Sorry, we're the Joe it's, Piscopo of podcasts. It's a, it's a Wednesday. Come on, people. <laughs> yeah, so when when uh, Erica mentioned that she wanted to watch Dead Heat, we I said we had to bring, we had to bring, in fact, Mark and I both said we need to bring Justin on board. Because I didn't see this movie until Mark. Are you doing? Are you okay with your notes there, bud? <laughs> Tearing Start, up some. Are you gonna, starting get, a new ledger. <laughs> yeah. it's getting piece of paper so I can track these points. Oh, I, see. I, okay. I can't. I don't lose track. I was of the like, points. oh, you're ripping out some old notes. No, forget. <laughs> oh, forget you making contact. We got to move over for dead heat. The Dear diary. <laughs> <laughs> Dear diary. It was Wednesday. Okay. Everybody was Continue. being tough on me. Uh, don't mind me. I'm going to be working on this ledger thing. You guys, you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, gosh. Um, so he's bringing Yeah, on, he's, why I picked this. Because I thought it was going to be about cops and zombies. And I saw the name Treat Williams. Okay, that's <laughs> fair. Now, did you know it was going to be about zombies, though? Because the, the poster itself doesn't exactly explain... Uh, the poster that we that you saw is probably the one in black with the two of them. They're having to be standing on the resurrection machine, but you would not know that not having seen the movie. There's also one with the well, badge. Well, I saw the one with the, the hand. The hand of the, the badge. Like, okay. Dead hand holding the... The, the cover of the DVD the the yeah. case. Because the yeah. original VHS looks even less like there's anything going on with the undead. The, the VHS art was even more... is is different. The VHS art has just them like caught buddy back to back with an exploding ambulance Mm -hmm. behind them. Right, right. Like they they did not want to market this film as a horror sci-fi picture at all. They wanted to market it like a caught buddy picture. And every single poster does until this new 4K disc with that badge art. And they just hoped people wouldn't draw the, wouldn't, wouldn't get Roger Mortis mm. as right. the name of the character. That's right. Character. That's right. Like, no one'll mm-hmm. pick that one up. No. Be like fine. it's it's such a subtle film. It's fine. <laughs> but now, Justin, the first time I ever saw this was because you played this movie for me when mm-hmm. we were college roommates. Mm-hmm. And you were like, dude, we've gotta watch Dead Heat. <laughs> I don't So I don't, tell us uh... about tell us about your experience with Dead Heat. Well, I saw this film opening night, 35 millimeter mark. Oh, see, you did it right. You did it right. That's right. Yeah. The the the... script leaps off the screen. I would trade in my vinegar syndrome disc for that chance. Just that one chance. Like every New World film we've talked about, it was at the Century Domes in San Jose. Oh, God (laughs) bless the domes. God bless the domes. So, uh, yeah, May 1988, opening night, Friday, I was there. And... uh, you know, I was a lot younger at the time. I thought it was a blast, and uh, I was a diehard fan of it then. We'll get into now later. <laughs> <laughs> you were a pretty diehard fan of it at the time, as I recall, and you had had pretty much the entire film memorized. Wow. <laughs> and mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. have continued to uh, text me quotes from this film ever since. 
I have. All, those, all these years later. I don't deny it. <laughs> so, I mean, the script seems to be in 4K for you, my friend. It seems to be in 3D. So, Justin, you saw it in the theaters. We saw it on a on a H. I think we saw it on VHS first. For sure. Then, no, then the VHS Divi Max. The time, yeah, sure. VHS. Uh, Erica, this was your first run with this movie. Correct. Yeah. So, the question I have is, what is this movie about? And I think we're going to start with Ryan on this one. Oh my god! What a buddy brother turn of events. That's this is. <laughs> my gosh, I feel like Mark deserves a point. I guess. Aww. Uh, Taking that down. One yeah. point for me. Well, I think this movie is actually pretty simple. I think this movie is about the serious lack of good security personnel at scientific laboratories. <laughs> <laughs> there is just not. Mm-hmm. There's. It's very. It's constant throughout this movie that there is not good security. Yeah. At scientific laboratories, they do not spend the money. Yeah. On security, and I get it. They have to save their money for the science, but. Spend a little bit more on security because you have terrible security. Yeah. 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 No, that, yeah. that's that entirely fair. right. Yeah. Justin. Yeah. You saw, gonna... this, you saw this when it first came out. What What is this movie about? Yeah. You know, it's it's the power of film. You know, this film is a, it's a character study of uh, two policemen facing the demons of their intense profession on the eve of a midlife crisis and confronting <laughs> one's own mortality while sharing a few laughs. <laughs> Boy, boy, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. So true. That is 100% right and 100% wrong all at the same time. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, Erica, what is this movie about? Oh, it's obvious. This movie is about cops are only funny when they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> And brought back to life. Sorry. And brought back to life. And brought back to life. And brought back to life. Okay. Erica, you get a point for that one. And even (laughs) even then sometimes. Yeah. Actually, Erica, you saying that leads me to a very important question. Is is killing two suspects with an unmarked police car excessive force if the suspects are already (laughs) dead when you kill them? (laughs) Apparently not. Let's get into the social commentary. They were, yeah. they were more yeah. in, they were more into the uh, the car I feel like than they were about the two dead suspects. Yeah, but yeah. is it excessive force if they're dead when you kill them? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, yeah. we're gonna that's gonna come up in trial. Mm-hmm. It might. Guys, <laughs> yeah. we got to do some research. Yeah, let's hit the library, the law library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Old cases. Uh, let's look at old cases. We're gonna save this one for our spinoff series called <laughs> New World Pictures Mock Trials. Uh, <laughs> it's coming out sometime this summer. And WPMT. Oh man, I did, I'm so so glad I did all those mock trials in junior high. I'm gonna be so I'm ready. ready to go. Uh, Mark, what what do you think this movie is about? It's the origin story of Zombieland. <laughs> oh, this oh. is how it started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Okay, well, that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, they yeah, say they're, they running, say they're running around. You no, know, and they actually get said, "Welcome to Zombieland." I was Welcome like, "Oh, now oh. it all makes sense." Got that's it. your got that's it, got your got double it. feature. Uh huh. Yeah, your triple feature. Zombieland. Even. In the beginning, oh, yeah. in yeah. Zombieland, there are no rules. There were no rules in the beginning. Right. You know, it's just mm-hmm. open season. Here's what uh, Letterbox says the synopsis is. Now, if we're on Letterbox, follow us there. Justin, are you on Letterbox? I was, but I am not at, at currently. 
Bad boy. Keeping it mysterious. (laughs) (laughs) Holding in all those hot takes. (laughs) You're going to have to follow him in on Facebook in order to get those hot takes. Release the takes. (laughs) Um, This is actually pretty good. LAPD police officer Roger Mortis. I would Mm -hmm. call him a detective, but that's just me. He's a homicide detective. Roger Mortis is killed while arresting zombies who have been reanimated by the head of Dante Laboratories in order to carry out violent armed robberies. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. that's what they were supposed to do? That's the thing. No, there's only one group that were violent armed robberies that they were bringing them back for. They brought back some thieves and then just let them go in the opening scene and rob the jewelry store because that's what they did. But they weren't trying to kill people, bring them back so they would like commit crimes. That wasn't the goal. The goal was... I don't know. We'll get to what the goal is later, but I that that that's where I think we're a little bit off there on the synopsis. Were they just let free and then they just happened to decide to rob a jewelry store or were they sent to rob the jewelry store and bring what what they stole back to Dante Laboratories? That is we're going to have to figure that out in the mock trial. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that is 100% clear. <laughs> Motive is a big part of any trial. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. You're mm-hmm. right. But we've got a lot uh, of but, issues. Excessive force, motive. We've got to really but, figure a lot of but stuff But if out. I'm going to play a witness uh, for this trial, <laughs> I honestly thought that was their motive. I didn't think that they were just two zombies that had been let go. I thought like they were trying to do a smash and grab for Dante Laboratories to try and bring in some residual income. Maybe to pay for better <laughs> better security guards. I like that you're calling dibs in mock trial. I'll be the witness. Just I'm going to be the witness, so I need to prepare right. So I'm just saying... I will be the witness. Uh, or witnesses. Come. Break out some accents. Play a couple different people. Break out your your. Look at him. He's giving himself a point for dips. No, no, no. Uh, we're, we're all at, we're all at one right now. Oh, we're okay? all one. We're all oh, even. We're all tied Hello, up. Mr. Okay. Fairness. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's dive in uh, to this movie. We're not diving in yet. Holy mackerel! This was just warm up. Woo! Because we're in this very first scene. Okay. Which is where, um, Erica, this is a three episode podcast. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. We're gonna. We are gonna go long, guys. We're going. We're going deep. (laughs) Deep heat. Now, um, when we open the movie, Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams are driving to the crime scene. Or they're driving around and then they get called to the crime scene. And it really made me wonder, Hmm. have you banged on the dashboard of a car and just stared right at the driver while you did it? Have you guys ever done that? (laughs) Just stare. Give him a deep stare while you banged away. (laughs) I have not. With a straight face. With a straight face. Like, look at me banging Um, away. With his fingers by banging on the dashboard of a 1960s Chevrolet Impala convertible. Yeah. That's what he's driving. Um, a taxpayer dime. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that is a question that I had. I mean, is that is that Treat Williams's car? Is it Joe Piscopo's, or is cities. it the department's? It's the is cities. it the cities? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the city. Why are also. they having that car? Ryan, back in the eighties, all the police detectives drove that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Standard issue. <laughs> you were just a little young at the time. 
True. Yeah. But thank you for saying that. I yeah. appreciate that. We said just a little young. You're just a little young at that point. If there wasn't a parade that day, you were allowed to take the Impala out on the job. <laughs> <laughs> but funny, they're driving around. They get called to this robbery or this heist or whatever that's going on. When they pull up, they pull up right in fr- into the line of fire. Right and they yeah, get in out there. of the car. Right in j- there. <laughs> that car is going to get shot up because they right. parked right in front of where everyone's aiming their guns. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think it made perfect sense that Lieutenant, played by Robert Picardo, by the way, gets really upset because he's like, he uses his car to run into the zombies. His right. car is right there. <laughs> Treat, you drove, you're running away from your car to get another car to bang into these guys and shoot at them through the open window, which by the way, if you had your convertible, you would have no, you would, it would be easy for you to shoot yeah. from that car. Yeah. But he's like, no, 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 not my car. And their car gets, doesn't get a single bullet in it. Like, mm-hmm. and all the bullets flying around with their car right in front. Taking it back to the annihilators. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Right back to the annihilators. So true. So yes. true. That's a point for Justin. Yeah, well, he, that is. That is. I'm sorry, I missed that one. All right. um, mm-hmm. By the way, is this? Do you guys know? Is this really the first? Besides these Miller Lite commercials, is this the first time Joe Piscopo is like, like he's basically like, yeah, check me out. I'm, I'm all jacked up. He wasn't that way in Wise Guys, and certainly not Johnny Dangerously. Like, and I wondered, it, does it have anything to do with the fact that he got divorced in 1988? let's get him on the guaranteed Guaranteed. it probably has everything to do with it yeah 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 Yeah. when he he had to buy all new clothes and just stuck with medium-sized shirts (laughs) would it would it surprise (laughs) you to to learn that um in the commentary they mentioned that joe picked out his own outfit for this oh, for this movie? Oh, that would not surprise would me. So would not surprise, surprise me at all. And I might start dressing like him in this movie. <laughs> Grow your hair it's out into pretty, a mullet. It's pretty pimp. And then, you know, if I, could, if I could get that Hellraiser satin jacket. Oh, that jacket. And, and, oh. The, black, but, and the black jeans. Oh. I could be rocking the Piscopo outfit. Oh. I agree that his, his outfit is pretty pimp, but... If you got that same jacket he's wearing, are you going to take out the shoulder pads or are you going to leave those in? Leave them in. (laughs) (laughs) Because those pads are thick. Yeah, Those are like almost football pads. Yeah. When he puts that jacket on, his shoulders become, he becomes like a real triangle. Also, I couldn't make heads or tails out of where do you zip or buckle or snap that jacket? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of maintenance on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, and yet he gets in and out of that jacket a lot, and it's a like lot. how difficult yeah. is that thing? Uh, another amazing co- coincidence of that robbery is the fact that the robbers happen to be a part of the very gang that Roger and Doug are investigating. That is terrific. <laughs> oh, convenient. Who to thunk? Convenient. Uh, amazing. Uh, I love that. So when they they take that information back, they go to the morgue where they find out about these guys. We get introduced. To Dr. McNabb, Darren McGavin. It took me several several viewings to learn who Darren McGavin was <laughs> in the entire hierarchy of the police station. Did you guys know right off the bat? I did not. I, I just took him as Billy Madison's dad and left him <laughs> <into> that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Billy, Billy, Billy boy. <laughs> Billy boy. <laughs> I hope you find whatever it is you're looking for. <laughs> 
Stay focused, yeah. guys. Stay Here's focused. a nice pile of shit. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wrong film. Totally wrong film. So, yeah, he's the coroner. He's the coroner in this. Did we yeah. all realize that? I did not. I had no idea. Okay, but if he's the coroner, then Rebecca is... The she's assistant. also the she's assistant coroner, right? Correct. The assistant to the coroner? Assistant yeah. to the regional coroner. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, she is she is the assistant and he I did not realize. I was like is he like a chief? Is he like a lieutenant? I didn't know what he was. So they did call him Dr. McNabb, but I did not know who he was. By the way, Darren McGavin of course from Christmas Story and Billy Madison later around this time he was almost exclusively riding the Bob Clark train, his Christmas Story director because mm-hmm. who employed McGavin as well in Turk 182 and from the hip Prior yeah. to this film, so uh, from the hip, man, I forgot about trials. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yes, we do get Rebecca um, Smithers, who is played by Claire Kirkconnell, and this is her uh, big screen debut after a career of TV, particularly on the TV show The Paper Chase. Mm-hmm. And she right. has a hilarious bio here in the press kit where it talks about her playing her debut role, the choice assignment coupled with her recent critically acclaimed theatrical debut has definitely stamped the long legged beauty as an important new presence in Hollywood. (laughs) Claire Kirkconnell is hot on the trail of another prize theatrical film stardom. Long legged? Oh, long legged! Oh boy! Wow! Yikes! Wow, it sounds like a press kit from like you know, like a Bob Chin X-rated film from the early eighties. You know? <laughs> wow! They're, they're oh, selling wow. this thing. They're yeah, selling they it are. however they can. And she doesn't yeah. even show her legs in the movie at all. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah, and she seems about as tall as anyone else. So, one thing you aren't going to leave this movie going, boy, that that one doctor lady, she really had long legs. <laughs> Yeah. No, no. And you're, Treat and, wrote that into his contract. No one can look mm-hmm. taller nor have light, no. nicer legs. That was than a Piscopo's writer. That was yeah. his. Yeah. Piscopo's no, writer also said no titty count. We are not having a titty tally <laughs> in this one. His writer actually did include this for real. They mentioned that he, they actually had a truck that went along with them wherever they were shooting. And in that truck was nothing but weights. So that he could go into the truck and pump weights in between setups wow. and continue to work out. Wow. And in fact, one of the special effects guys said that they made the dummy cast of Joe Piscopo and they kept putting it in his trailer with the weights so that it would sort of look <laughs> like people would go in and look in the truck and be like, what? why is Joe just sitting there? <laughs> so sitting there so despondent, staring at his face. <laughs> yeah. Just sitting there, out? just not moving. All those, yeah. oh, he must be spent. I wow. think Joe's, really, I think Joe's man, crying in his trailer. This is I, tough. <laughs> he really, yeah, he gets emotional between sets. <laughs> he does some oh, of his oh. best acting in between sets. <laughs> Um, this does lead us to Dante Laboratories, by the way, ma- named after Dante's Inferno. Not Joe, what? Dan- not Joe Dante. <laughs> oh, huh. I so, actually thought it was for Joe Dante. Yeah, it's not some <laughs> cute reference to Joe Dante. Oh. In Note that uh, Dante Industries is the Japanese gardens over in Sherman Oaks, by the way. Yes, yes, it is. Oh. Yes, it is. 
And is it like a water treatment plant, I believe, isn't it? Or In the no? movie. Well, in the movie, it's a laboratory, Justin. Oh, I thought it was everything. All I know is the receptionist looks at Penthouse when you walk in. That's all I remember <laughs> yeah, from the facility. That's right. <laughs> was that a thing at the time? <laughs> Did people actually do that? Mark, people still do that. Where? Dante Industries. <laughs> oh, oh, fair, 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 fair. Never mind. I haven't stopped by in a while. Yeah, you got to go to the Japanese gardens in Sherman Oaks and the reception. Okay, yeah, that's fair. He buys penthouse. <laughs> Exclusively <laughs> penthouse too. <laughs> and it's the and it's like the March 1988 issue. <laughs> right. Of course, of course, it's the same issue. It's the yes. same. It's the only one they allow. So you know, go look at the koi fish and say hi to the receptionist at the Japanese gardens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my weekend is booked. They won't say hi to you because they are too busy. That's right. Um, again, terrible security at Dante Laboratories. They were not hired to socialize. Not only well, is he... He, inter- he interrupted his erection. That's mm-hmm. right. They did. Mm-hmm. Sorry, pal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he not only is looking at porn, but he also has like a pretty massive head cold. <laughs> yeah. He is yeah, he not... Does. Like, Give I feel him a like point that's what... for that. Give him a point. <laughs> I feel okay, like that's why, they're, point. that's why they're just letting this ride. They're like, yeah. he's yeah. not feeling well. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Just let uh, him have this. I never, right? I never noticed that he had a head cold, but you're 100% right. He does. <laughs> yeah, he totally does. He's just like sniffling and he's just like, ugh. Do you think that was the, the guy method acting or do you think he was really sick? <laughs> I think he had a full backstory for this guy. I think, yeah. he, was coming... <laughs> I think he was method. He was like, yeah. this is going to turn my career around. Um, this is it. He had long legs. <laughs> that's what I, that's how real, I remember him. Real long-legged beauty. <laughs> um, it's important that we get to a couple of things in the Dante Laboratories, particularly Lindsay Frost playing Randy James. She's also making her feature film debut. And she was also shooting As the World Turns at the same time uh, as Dead Heat. But most people will remember her as Fraser Crane's rich love interest, Samantha Pierce. So, I mean, that's right. where I remember her. So, obviously, obviously, yeah. clear. She's still continuing to have a TV, uh, career today in TV. She continues to be working, same as Treat Williams. So she didn't actually melt and rot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> who knew? Huh. Huh. Who knew? Wow. Um, and as she continues to show Roger the facility, Doug. Uh, gets to make a terrible excuse of having to pee. Uh, you know, Miss James, I gotta take a leak so bad my teeth are floating. Is there a little boy's room around here? I just gotta pee pee. <laughs> and then he breaks into the lab with a laminated ID, which I just didn't know you could override electronic security with a laminated ID. Yeah. Who knew? I, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't either, Ryan. Um, and then I grabbed a laminated ID that I had lying around and I threw it in the microwave and my microwave exploded. Mm-hmm. So little <laughs> PSA for everyone. Don't laminated IDs do cause sparks and fires. So be careful. Wow. All right. <laughs> I remo- I'm removing my point. I'm removing my point for that oh, one. No. Not- no, you know what? No, Give yourself no, a safety I, point. You know what? That's no, a safety no, no, point. No, That's important. No, safety is no, important. No, I got to climb up the mountain again. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, it wasn't funny Wait. at all, but we all feel a little bit safer. <laughs> Wait, Mark, do you have a massive head cold? Because we'll give you that point back if you have a massive. I do you deserve not. this. I, you deserve I, this. I do not. I do not. All right. Okay. Of course, what happens is uh, is key is that Roger Roger gets <laughs> Justin just took off. 
I, I, I get it. My joke was bad, oh, but God. not that bad, you right? You sent Justin out of the room. Wow. 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 I, that, my joke was that bad. Justin had to leave. Oh, my gosh. Like, Justin. You okay, Sorry. Justin? Is everything all right? Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a gag, but it's not going to pan out. So, oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you have to go to the men's room because you got to go pee? pee. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> so he goes. He has that terrible excuse, and and of course after that, Roger gets locked in the decompression room. Yeah. Do you guys know whose hand presses the button to start the decompression room? They figure that out later, but uh, no spoilers. Yeah. But yeah, they, but they answer that in the film. Do they? Do they? Yeah, they I've do. watched it a few times. I do. I'm like, did I just miss it? I don't. I mean, it's it's alluded. I mean, it's alluded. All right. Yeah, All right. yeah, it's yeah. There. It's there. It's there. It's there. Okay. Well, I don't want to spoil this for anyone, but okay. Yeah. Um. Speaking of spoilers, once Roger dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, it's in the title. It's in the title, guys. Come on. Yeah. As we watch a just an LED ticker doing the countdown as though it would have any understanding of how much time is left. Convenient. I love that. <laughs> They're also using like old department store air conditioning mm-hmm. uh, uh, covers as yes. the vents. Yes. The set, wow. the set design is a problem. <laughs> Justin gets a point for that. <laughs> once, once Roger dies, um, Rebecca shows up. And she needs to see the body. And apparently that's not a problem because no one is guarding the body at all. The facility is basically walk around and do whatever. It's totally open. Walk into any room you want to because there is terrible security at this laboratory. They could go anywhere they want. In fact, they don't show it, but clearly they pick Roger up and drag him into the secret room where they have the uh, resurrection machine. Mm Mm-hmm. Nope. Nobody even stops him. Not not police. All the police nope. are actually in the main lobby, just hanging around. I guess trying to check out that 1988 issue of Penthouse. Just waiting in line. <laughs> well, <laughs> they got distracted. You can understand them getting distracted. That's Be like, fair. hold on. When do I get my turn? That's um, right. But also, they bring him into the room where they have the resurrection machine, and they keep showing a character going over to this console to to work the machine does that console just have a button that says resurrect on resurrect off because apparently they figure it out really quick as to what needs to be done to resurrect roger Mm -hmm. like rebecca figures it all out in a minute and she's also like this is the machine they use to resurrect dead people i'm like oh okay like wow all right all right I get where Mark's going with this, but, you know, the first time we got a microwave, you knew how to use it. <laughs> Did we, though? Yeah. Mark just put a laminated card in the yeah. microwave and it blew up. <laughs> he can't be trusted. He's putting soup in there uncovered, spaghetti sauce. He's just making a real mess of Apparently, that all you needed at that point in time to figure out any real computer was just a basic working knowledge of MS-DOS, and then apparently you could just do anything, mm-hmm. right? Is yeah, that, exactly. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, MS-DOS, you're speaking Mark's language. <laughs> wow. I'm back. Boop, wow. beep, beep, boop. Justin gets a point for that. Justin gets yeah. a point for that. Yeah. Boy, Justin, <laughs> cleaning up right now. Four points for Justin. Side conspiracy. I don't want to like stay at Dante Laboratories the whole podcast, but don't you? But there (laughs) is a dog in the crate right next to the decompression room, and it looks like that dog is perfectly fine. 
So Dante Laboratories is just killing perfectly healthy dogs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. no one figured. No one went into that mystery, mm-hmm. but it's solved. Yeah. All right. Well, that was just something I was really. It felt, I felt like that was. Or maybe intense, that was a but... dog they had just brought back to life. We'll never know. Oh. But that's a nice Holy segue shit. into the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. There's a lot of we... problematic animals in the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yes. Okay. Start, start, Justin. Yes. Where, where, what's what's the most problematic well, animal? Well, no, you? I mean, for one, I think like the LA County health grading cards came out as soon as this movie came out. Yeah. Due yeah. to the Chinese yeah. restaurant scene. Um, it's one yeah. of the, it's a, quite a set piece. And uh, you've got, isn't, you know, it a, isn't it a butcher shop though? Like not quite a restaurant, but a butcher shop? One could say. Arguably, <laughs> one could argue that, but you know, is Dante Laboratories really a lab? I mean, come oh. on, are yeah. we splitting hairs here? Mm. Yeah, I didn't That's see right. a singer beaker in that laboratory. So. Not a nope. singer beaker. Not one singer beaker. <laughs> oh man, is that the shirt for Denny? Singer beaker. Singer beaker. Singer beaker. Not a singer beaker. <laughs> Uh, and also in that scene, we meet Mr. Thule, played mm-hmm. by Key Luke, who's mm-hmm. best known for playing Charlie Chan's number one son in the Charlie Chan films. He was also in both the Gremlin, Gremlins films, mm-hmm. and oh. he was in the TV series Kung Fu. Oh. <laughs> Interestingly enough, in the Van Gory article, it mentions that scene was way more racist and they had to tone it down at the time. Did, did they really say uh-huh. that? Yeah, so they had to like tone down the racism. It's all in here, man. Bango seventy three. Really? All the viewers, wow. all the listeners, should go get this magazine before they see Dead Heat. I thought you were kidding because I know they cut no, down some I'm of them. Serious? I can listen to this. Here it is. Thule starts to enter, but Goldblatt calls a halt, deciding that the dialogue is too racist and must be immediately cleaned up. And the author says, "I'd clean it up too if my parking space was next to Tanaka's." Ah! Wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! So yeah. he said huh. something even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Mongo, we're cops. And if Thule's not out here in 10 seconds, we're going to kick some honorable ass. By the way, I guess they now have mobile versions of the resurrection machine in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the one at the lab is just a prototype. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, like, it's like a stereo versus an iPod, you know? I mean, it's, it's on the cutting edge <laughs> of technology. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, they've, or- they've already mass-marketed, like, smaller versions? Yeah. yeah, they're deep into this. The the jelly had like the Vizio version of the <laughs> of the resurrection machine. <laughs> the Kirkland version, the Kirkland yeah, brand, Kirkland's, if you will. Yeah, Kirkland. Kirkland signature. Even though this is well, some why? dollar, this is some Dollar Tree film noir. While we're at it, that we're talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> why would they need to make a mobile version though? When the whole business model is built around take the six richest people raid half of their personal wealth right but give them eternal life which is a very flawed business model because once mm-hmm. you do that you've got to hope that you have enough money to carry you through eternity because you're not going to get any more unless yeah. the plan was to maybe franchise the machine and these would be all over like in malls or you know uh added to different uh, health spas Mark, 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 are there any tax advantages to uh, participating <laughs> in the resurrection machine sales pitch? 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking to move some funds. <laughs> well, I would just say if you have uh, if you have a large inheritance and you're looking at how can you avoid an, an inheritance tax or even you know a large lump sum capital gains tax, if you live forever, you won't really have to pay that, right? You can mm-hmm. just you're never mm-hmm. going to give that money away. You can take out your capital gains can be taken out at a lower monthly or, or quarterly rate. So I, I think there are tax advantages to this. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's crunching the taxes. I love that what what they will what the what the IRS will not do is recognize the fact that you're 150 years old. You're like, God, I really want to collect that capital gains. My grandfather tried to Try to try to collect that capital gains. We've but been chasing those gains for generations. They're just still alive. So, oh well. By the way, so since we're stepping into towards towards the ending here with their game plan, let's put out a spoiler warning here. And also, uh, let me get this straight: Louder Milk, played by Vincent Price, he's suspicious of McNabb, so he wrote his name in code in a lampshade. <laughs> but later is working with McNabb to mm-hmm. sell the resurrection machine. Mm-hmm. What is happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. They should have asked that in pre-production. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know. was it a thing to write things on lampshades? Yeah. Like, oh, they'll the... definitely find this. Yeah. When they go down I... to the morgue, somebody's <laughs> guaranteed to find this. Mm-hmm. Like at a funeral home. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, by the way, while we're here talking about Vincent Price, I think it is time to play a fun game that I came up with from the press kit called, uh, it's, you know, as we all know, Two Truths and a Lie. It's time to play that game. <gasps> oh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Vincent Price, of course, being in this film, kind of a bit of kismet that this film that's at the end of New World's history should have Vincent Price, who starred in so many of Roger Corman's Edgar Allan Poe films. Uh, in fact, all of them. But let's mm. play a little... Two truths and a lie. Price was at one time an art buying consultant for Sears Roebuck Company and purchased 55,000 works of art for them. That's number okay. one. Number two, he made his stage debut in a Broadway production of Macbeth in 1935. And lastly, Price won twice on the TV show The $64,000 Question. Two truths, one lie. What you got, Justin? Number two is a truth. And I'd say number one's a truth, too. Okay. Mark, what do you think? I'm going to say that number two and number three are the truth because number one has too many details. Okay. Yeah. Erica? Yeah, I was leaning towards that as well. Okay. Too specific for number one. <laughs> okay. Number one is 100% true. What? Hmm? This yeah. Is bullshit. He Take Ryan's points away. Buying consultant. <laughs> He actually made what? his stage debut in London's West End a production of Victoria Regina, co-starring John Gielgud. Sir John Gielgud. Um, but he did win <laughs> twice on the $64,000 question. What? Wow, so Justin yeah. gets another point. He's up to five go. now. Wow. Damn. Good job, Justin. Yeah, you are we're, cleaning up. Yeah. You're really taking yeah. us all to task on our own show. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, while we're also here talking about this end pitch to all the rich people, why is it being simulcast to the security guards? <laughs> right. They're all, I know it's true. They're already distracted enough. Yeah. They have their own distractions. They don't need to be distracted by this as well. Yeah. No, that that's like when you forget to mute on a Zoom conference call. Oh, they had no yes. idea. They were like, wait, we we're broadcasting that? 
the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. That's right. That's great. You think you turn your camera off, but you really haven't. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All you've done is muted your, your. You muted yourself, but then proceeded to take off all your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! By the way, this is something that I just realized, like a couple, couple like a couple viewings in. I kind of, I, I, I kind of watch when I watch the movie, um, at least in these rewatches. I, I've always kind of thought the ending. Okay, yeah, I get the ending. I understand what they're doing. What they're doing, but then like this last rewatch, I was like, wait. Should they really have shot up the resurrection machine? Because Vincent Price is back and he's been around for a couple weeks. So apparently they have figured out how to keep you around. Yeah. And what if you just let him figure it out and then you bring Rebecca back too? And there's all those other portable resurrection machines. So you yeah. could, you know, like yeah. you got to bust those. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I kind of get it, but also I was like, but why are they just shooting this all up? Besides the fact that it gives a nice end, but why Why not? Any thoughts? Well, you know, there was a rumored sequel to this film that never panned out. Yes, I do. Could be because they destroyed everything. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, there was a sequel planned for this one? There was. There was a sequel planned. And what they, and they didn't do it because they blew up the the machine or well that's just my thought is I mean you know they blew up the machine how could you do a sequel in, in the commentary uh, Terry Black mentions the fact that uh, New World did commission a sequel hmm. and he is asked if he wrote a script and he says yes I did and he points out though to New World it might be difficult because every character is dead but New World executive Randy Levinson said. You've got a resurrection machine. Handle it. Ah. So ultimately, New World didn't think Dead Heat made enough money to get a sequel. (laughs) And that made there was no time for a sequel. The company went under. The the company was was heading down to the as we'll get more into in in the in the in the research. But um, they also barely promoted this film at all. Mm -hmm. So no doubt it didn't make much money. But also they didn't have any more money to spend. Right. So, so I guess the fact that they didn't promote it much, I I, I want to ask Justin. Now you saw this in the theaters. I did. Like, were you? Was this something that you were going to the movies on a Friday night and you were like, "Well, I guess I'll see this movie" because it was in the marquee. Well, no. Or did you go with the intent to see this? No. The, like, intent, I, the the Vangoria magazine came out literally a few weeks before the movie hit theatrically. So the Van Gogh seventy three was on the newsstand, and like a few weeks later, Dead Heat was in the theater. They timed and it so perfectly. you were you were pumped. Wow. You were like, pumped. "This is going to be amazing." Oh yeah, I wow. was pumped. Did you walk out going, "That blew me away"? That that met all my expectations, or were you like, "I really liked it, but there could have been some things that were better"? No, I walked out exceeded my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I mean, there was a time that Joe Piscopo. Like those, there was a time I was 13 too. (laughs) So, love it, love it, love it. Speaking of that, why don't we segue to things we loved and things we hated? That's right. We're going to talk about the things we loved and things we hated about Dead Heat. Justin, let's start with you. What's something that you loved? The end theme song. Yes. yes. Loved yes. it. I kind of loved the whole Randy James. 
uh, character's subplot about being rescued by the rich philanthropist because it had like that Anna Nicole Smith twist to it. So I <laughs> right. thought that was okay. kind of cool and mysterious and very film noirish, very DOA. Um, is this some um, 13-year-old you or is this uh, current you? This is current me. Thir- thir- I mean, 13-year-old me just loved the excessive violence, uh, them, you know, robbing the jewelry store. Uh, I'm just all the action and all the mayhem and the carnage that this film has sure. in it. Uh, was excellent. And that's something I still appreciated about it today. The jokes were a lot funnier in 1988 than they were now, obviously. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, talking about it now, I still have a little bit of a place in my heart for it, but definitely held up uh, much better when I was a lot younger. But uh, I was glad to revisit it. And uh, overall, it's a a successful film for New World. Uh, It's still talked about today. It's been given the royal treatment of additions, the fact that it had the Divimax treatment and a 4K treatment when we don't even have True Lies or The Abyss in those formats. <laughs> I mean, you know, it really goes to show where, where the fans' priorities lay these days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. And I, I have heard those releases are coming down the pipeline now, by the way. I mean, it, it's probably much less an expensive endeavor to do a 4K of Dead Heat than it is to a 4K of the Abyss. I would imagine I so. I don't, I don't really know if Dead Heat needed much, you know, color correction and and things of that nature, yeah. Um, Mark, what is something that you loved? Um, well, one of the things I loved uh, was the fact that we, in this episode, went from, like, the first 10 minutes of the movie to the last five and skipped all of the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. What like, middle? We didn't cover any of the part of... You know, Treat Williams of of Roger uh, dying and then trying to figure out who the killer was and having discovering that Randy wasn't really the daughter and that then she melts, completely melts in front of him. Yeah, that's what Uh, we're talking about. We're talking about it right now. And then Joe Piscopo somehow, even though he's completely yoked and can beat up anyone at any time drowns in a in a fishbowl mm-hmm. or aquarium more specifically that just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense they should have drowned him in a one sauce <laughs> <laughs> well he um, they they wrote they they put a bunch of twine on him he couldn't escape that yeah it's very very hard to break you twine. notice that um, wasn't that wasn't even joe piscopo either no gosh you know, no you know you know they snuck that in after he was last day on the set right that was the dummy that was in his way. No, he probably didn't even yeah. know that was going to be his death. Basically, if you read the press kit and read the Bangoria, you can start figuring out things they did in the movie after Joe had left the set. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're using, that's mm-hmm. why, they're, that's not even him. Well, it's definitely so, not him. It's definitely a body that they made because in the commentary, Mark Goldblatt apologizes because I also found it kind of hard to understand that that was Joe Piscopo. When you see him mm-hmm. in the aquarium, it's yeah. like doesn't really yeah. look like yeah. you're like what is happening. You just don't recognize him right off the bat, and so he's not except wearing the for jacket. his jacket. He's not wearing the his jacket. jacket. He's not wearing the jacket. Oh. I thought he was. I thought oh, he was, was wearing he? the jacket. I thought he was yeah. just wearing the gray mm-hmm. t-shirt. But all right, no, another, it's a another viewing. That's for another viewing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Get those details. Get those details. Yeah, and so he he apologizes for how bad it looks in there and says, "Okay, that was my my fault." Who does? Uh, the the director. Oh, okay. I thought Joe Piscopo did. Joe Piscopo <laughs> offered nothing about this movie ever again right. after he made it. Uh, so I guess back to the thing I loved uh, uh, was really just Darren McGavin's character. I, I Again, I kept waiting for him to like yell at Randy or yell at, uh, at Billy Madison or any other 
I mean, Darren McGavin is always kind of playing Darren McGavin, but in this one, he's got the toupee. Mm-hmm. That's such an obvious toupee. And you think like, wow, do you think that he knows that we know it's a toupee? And then there's a scene with him combing the toupee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, the fact yeah. that he tries to convince the assistant to the regional coroner that mm-hmm. like, well, maybe you made a mistake and they weren't actually dead after you performed an autopsy on them. And, we're, yeah. and she's like, I don't think that would happen. Like, of course it wouldn't. But he's like... I, I thought that was such a silly scene and they, he carries it like really deadpan the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, every scene that he was in, I thought was great. So I, yeah. Yeah. Darren, Darren McGavin, McGavin was one of the things I yeah. loved in this movie. Erica. Um, I think probably my, one of the things I really loved was the different stages of treat Williams decay. Uh, After he's so he dies, they right. resurrect him. And then Rebecca says, you know, with all of her scientific coroner, assistant coroner knowledge, she's like, hey, you're going to decay. And then soon your body's going to become soup, <laughs> essentially. And then yep. she cuts into his wrist and it just looks like stars instead of blood, like no blood comes out. But I really did like the makeup in it. And I thought his sort of gradual decay mm-hmm. looked awesome. I I was a big fan because I w- I wasn't sure you know having having not seen this I was like is he gonna just wake up and be fried like how does he get you know to where he gets to I I thought that was great um, and I also loved speaking of the makeup I loved that big character that they run into in Dante industries laboratories etc the big sort of like biker dude mm-hmm. and he doesn't have on a shirt yeah. and he kind of has a double face and. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> Justin has a picture of it. Like that guy just looks awesome and so gross and mm-hmm. like gruesome and you're like, "Ew," and there's a lot of like punching and he's grabbing and it's like, "Oh," like yeah, just really love apparently, really love the makeup. Apparently they they just uh, the makeup guy decided to do like three faces. Like it was supposed to be something much more generic. Uh I can't remember what exactly it was supposed to be, but he just was like they basically were like whatever. They weren't worried about it. So he's ah. like, what if they had like a guy with a, with a bunch of faces on, just like three melted faces on it, which co- which made me think later, like, did they just resurrect that guy? Was that guy just yeah? How, did, I how think, was that guy I, ended no, up like that? That guy got interrupted. I think oh. his session his session got interrupted. Oh, oh that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really okay, good point. cool. Oh, another yeah, another but point I, for Justin. I agree. Yeah, that's a great that's a great makeup job and that yeah. character. Good fight scene there too with Joe yeah. Piscopo. Yeah. Uh, all right. Think something I loved. Um, I love that this. I do love this movie moves. Um, yeah, it's got eighty-eight minutes to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is longer oh, than the movie for sure, for sure. <laughs> and and like Mark said, we skipped through a whole lot. But the fact is, is like this movie just goes. It yeah. just goes. It's very very quick. It kind of goes like so fast to try to also keep you along the ride, so you don't think about wait what what's this now? Yeah. Um, what's the thing about the lamp? Uh, I also loved Roger's smoky eyes. His smoky eyes as he's starting to die, but yeah. he has like these like raccoon eyes at one point. Tree Ooh. Williams looks good in makeup. He looks good. I know. You know, right? puts a little lipstick on. He looks all right. Yeah. I always thought he looked best in FBI as FBI assistant director Walter Collins in Miss Congeniality 2 Armed and Fabulous. But yes, I agree he looks good here too. True. True. That's where he was at. That's his was that his peak mark or what do you think? That was that was peak treat. 
Big mm. treat. <laughs> that's big treat. It's big treat. Yeah, that's point. that comes that comes after deep you know rising, what? right? Give yourself a point for that. That was oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. America, thank you. That could be the T-shirt. Yeah, big treat. No, um, we got to do the Dante Industries. We got to make a Dante Industries like employee giveaway shirt that, from their like summer picnic. Dante Watch Industries summer picnic from Dante Industries. <laughs> there we go. Yes. yes. Sitting yeah. uh, sitting in a warehouse outside of the Japanese gardens. Um, I I also kind of just watching this it made me think like I miss buddy cop movies. You know, I think mm. that that's something where I kind of like. When we saw this originally, when Justin saw this originally uh, in back in, you know, when we were in our college days, I admit I did not think much of this movie. And in watching it, you know, obviously in these rewatches, I was much more charmed by it. And I actually think part of it, I think, is, you know, uh, I'm seeing it not on VHS. I'm seeing it in scope. Forget the fact it's also in 4K. I'm actually seeing the entire frame and not just, you know, pan and scan squeezed in. So I'm, I, I think... A lot of the movies that I saw at that time are going to be better because I'm actually seeing the entire thing. And so and then I also thought, God, I, I love buddy cop movies. There were so many at the time. Obviously, in 1987, we had Lethal Weapon. So that brought in, a you know, a long, an even longer part. But I think we already had a few good buddy cop movies. We had Beverly Hills Cop. We had we already had like a bunch of that kind of stuff going through the 80s. And I thought there's not really a whole lot of that. In fact, the most recent one I can think of is The Nice Guys, which is also from Shane Black mm-hmm. in terms of a buddy cop movie, which is a movie I love. Is Training Day a buddy cop movie? No. Sort of. <laughs> a buddy cop movie is like more yeah, fun. I wouldn't say Training that Day Training is Day. Training Day is like the maybe like the <laughs> inverse buddy cop movie. <laughs> no, I mean, Dragged Across Concrete is a buddy cop movie. Yeah, and that if 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 uh, Training Day is, then yeah, actually that opens up the genre a whole lot if we start accepting those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could go Dark Blue, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Right, yeah. that's, that's right. another forgotten, very good dark cop film. But I was thinking, like, there's there's also buddy cop movies. There's maybe like Twenty One Jump Street. Those movies. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you're just gonna leave like, out Tango and Cash. Well, I'm talking, rec- I'm talking recent. I mean, you guys are talking about stuff of that time and of that era, which, yes, of course, you're absolutely right. Of course. Uh, but I just mean recent ones. Um, there was also the Chips remake. Mm. Didn't see it. The Ride Along movies. Mm. Yeah. I, I, There's not a lot. There's Turner and Hooch? Turner and Hooch, again, for that era, for sure. I'm talking recent. The, yeah, this, the remake Turner and Hooch? You mean the TV show, you're saying? The, the yes, Disney Plus show? Yes. I was t- <laughs> oh, yeah. Split hairs on that one, Ryan. Split hairs on Turner and Hooch. I, I just did. And now, <laughs> now it's time for things that we hated. Justin, what's something you hated about Dead Heat? Uh, the jokes don't work now. Pretty much every <laughs> every every comedic line is a flat line. And uh, I have to, my wife needed that rejuvenation machine after this film as well. <laughs> I put her into a coma for days. Oh, no. No. Uh, but and, yeah, oh. just the, the script, the script is just really problematic and uh, the jokes don't fly anymore. Mm. Yeah. We, I watched it. I watched it with a straight face. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Whereas Erica, before, did, Erica you were... did you laugh when the hot dog 
flew out of the bun? Did you laugh at that? <laughs> no. When he makes that sharp turn, he's of eating a hot dog. Of course I laughed at that. Of course no, I didn't. did. No, because I have didn't. the humor of a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, Erica really, truly did laugh at this movie. I actually did. I, I actually wow. laughed at that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to be on the next Vinegar Syndrome release. That needs your quote. I truly laughed at the hot dog scene. <laughs> I truly did. <laughs> well, doesn't it, isn't it like true that the bun flies out in the shot and then or yeah, no, that the hot dog yeah, flies out of the I, shot and then yeah. and then he's actually holding the hot dog in the next. Yeah. So yeah. All right. It's, it's you got me. Yeah. But but I but I hear you. But I yeah. hear you. Erica did find and it, any and all of those things funny, I have to say. <laughs> truly having did. watched it with her, she was uh, truly like, Well, this is great. <laughs> she was having a good old time. This was right up her alley. And uh so considering some of the other movies that we've watched for this and podcast. Don't get up. I told you not to get up. I told you not to get up. Oh, God. Yeah, Erica had a good time with this movie. I did. I really uh, did. You know, he uses that joke twice. He also has sit down. Yeah. 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 And then, so it's like they double dip on that joke. Yeah. You can't keep a good joke dead. You know Mm. what I mean? Ryan, you Mm. get a point for that one. Oh, wow. You're getting one. Woo! Woo! Uh, Which also just, that leads that leads me to want to ask the question of the panel: Who here wants to be, come back reincarnated as a woman's bicycle seat? <laughs> yeah, that I didn't laugh at. That I actually was like, Ugh. yeah, I didn't laugh at that joke until now. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. that's how you make it funny. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was yeah. really good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, mm. Mark, what is something that you hated? I, I honestly, I really didn't like the, um, I don't know, the the butcher shop or Chinese restaurant or whatever that was. It just, it's, you know, it's one of those things that it, when you show the creatures too much, mm-hmm. it just loses all of its interest. Like, yes, they're all puppets and yes, it's supposed to be kind of funny, but like to me, it just comes off as really stupid. And you're like, okay, how long do we have to sit through this before they move on to the next scene? Because mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. nothing really serious is going to happen. It's just, yeah. it's just a an opportunity to play with some silly stuff. Yeah, oh, and light up some duck heads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, don't know. I also it's laughed like... a lot at that one. <laughs> I was like losing my <laughs> mind when all this and the big. Wow, Erica, Erica was a target audience. I really was yeah, when the, the side, side of beef, beef came, came out. Lost it. Lost it. I was like, here it comes. <laughs> I just, I was so I I was like, is that a pig? Is that a cow? Yeah, it was a cow. What wasn't it? Yeah, because it was so large. I think so yeah, yeah, there's a yeah, yeah, there is a pig as well. Yeah. Um, oh, Roger just... gets just like a a big cut of mm-hmm. I don't know roast or something on yeah. his face. Oh yeah. right, um, he gets like a kid giant liver on his face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. which is just so silly. He's fighting with a liver on his face. I, I yeah. like, it's a leech. I don't, anyway, I hate, I fucking hated that scene. <laughs> god. Oh my God. I'm so surprised. Um, okay. Erica, what's something that you hated? Oh, oddly enough. And I know I brought this up to you while we were watching it. I hated, uh, Rebecca. <laughs> mm. I, I did. Okay. I hated her a lot. A I hated her character. Yeah. I felt like her performance dry, bit dry. was very dry. Mm-hmm. I didn't, see the mm-hmm. interest in her i was like she's the one that you're like hoping to get with or that you're his girlfriend like yeah it, 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 because it seems like they 
like when um, uh, Randy is like giving them the tour, like they have a moment where they like look at each other. She walks away uh-huh. and they kind of look back at one another. And I'm like, who? Who's a love interest? Yeah. I thought he was into the yeah. coroner lady. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't, I'm confused. Yeah, I didn't care for her at all. Okay. I, I um, you know, I know when it first started, Ryan, you were like, Oosh, I have real issues with Joe Piscopo in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Because I can't stand Rebecca. And and I just thought that, yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't hurt. And then her just knowing, oh, this is just the reanimator machine. Boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, yeah. boop. I was like, yeah. well, that's convenient. She knows, she knows how to work a reanimation machine, but she doesn't know shit about how to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or how to care for fish. She had fake fish. Yeah. She yeah. didn't care about, office, yeah, didn't want to have so... real fish. And yeah. like that's the thing. Does he want a woman that like has fake fish, or does he like a woman who has a ton of yeah. different aquariums right? in her yeah. apartment? Yeah, yeah. yeah too, very true. Too, too many, if yeah. you ask mm-hmm. me. But uh-huh. you know, she is the one who has to do the upkeep. Yeah, yeah. I that is that's interesting. And what's funny is like I was saying, the thing I love is that this movie does move, but sometimes it moves, and the logic that you have to take is like, mm-hmm. okay, well, to move this along, she just figures out the machine, but. How on earth yeah. did she just figure out this machine? Yeah. You know? So, well, I have to say the thing that held me back, uh, particularly from liking this back in the day, was, as Erica said, was Joe Piscopo. And I'm not sure, as I was saying, if it was seen in this in scope or the 4K transfer, but I, I found him less irritating this time. Maybe <laughs> Your was... wife's maniacal yeah. laughing through the entire <laughs> right, film. Right. <laughs> um, her enjoyment of it. But I mean, <laughs> I, I've just never been a huge, huge guy on Piscopo. And when I first saw this, I remember he graded on me so hard. And mm-hmm. Justin was like you, just laughing gleefully at anything he said. <laughs> oh, and... I'm like a young Justin. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. He knows just what to say. <laughs> <laughs> and um but i mean i was like a huge snl fan particularly at that time I, apparently you're getting a point either that or mark is he's starting another you got a point. scroll he's no gonna... you got a, you got a point for young justin okay. yeah that's a, that's a good one um so uh i was a huge snl fan and i was like very aware of him and eddie murphy being together on snl um but his comedy is just always so broad i just i can't get into it he's always so big like i was mentioning yeah. with that little I gotta go to the bathroom. It's like it's so like it's like tone it down, dude. Mm-hmm. He's so over the top and he's not at all subtle. But um that said, this uh, I was like at less I don't know, I was less like, you know, thrown this time. And so the thing for me that I thought was kind of awful was the chief scene. And let's play a little bit of that right now. Need I point out that you guys are already on probation twice and that this morning's cowboy adventure puts both of you on the endangered species list and that your badges go into the shitter if you screw up just one more time. Captain, this man deserves a medal and I think I deserve one for saving his life. Look, I couldn't help noticing that in spite of Herzog's whining, you guys did the job he didn't. So, I'm prepared to cut you a little slack. Thank Thank you, sir. But... It would be nice if you could earn it by nailing the rest of these cash and dash fuckers to the wall with a 12-inch railroad spike. Well, we're working on that, sir. Work harder! <laughs> I mean, nothing against Mel Stewart, who plays the chief and was best known for Scarecrow and Mrs. King at the time. He plays the scene well, but this scene just doesn't... It just It doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. This scene could have never been in there and it would have been fine. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like, you two guys are a bunch of wild cards. 
you know? And yeah. every cop buddy movie has that scene in correct, it. It's correct. Expected. It's expected. It's there because that's what we think happens. These two guys, yes. they solve a case. They come in. The chief gets mad. You step out of line one more time, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. And it's like, then, you know, they go to Dante Laboratories. Roger dies. He gets brought back to life. Like, the chief doesn't even play a part. We don't even care about that. Like, it's so unnecessary. We don't, that pressure is never felt again. The chief literally never comes back. When Roger's dead and the police are there at Dante Laboratories, the chief isn't even there. <laughs> There's nobody there. Like, mm-hmm. it felt like that. this was like a, almost like a first draft scene where they, he was just writing it and yeah. throwing in the tropes yeah. of, the, of that kind of buddy cop thing. Yeah, no, that's and then fair. they just never that's got fair. rid of it, you know? Yeah. And um, it, it's odd to me that you hate the one really good scene of special effects, Mark. So I'm just oh. going to take issue with the mm-hmm. one scene that is most befitting of this genre that I apparently miss, but hate that they do something <laughs> exactly like the genre. So I don't know. Who knows? We're all feeling weirdly about this. <laughs> you know, we're all having weird feels. Um, let's get into our favorite scenes. Justin, do you have a favorite scene at this point? What's What's the the new Justin take on your favorite scene of this film? Uh, I mean, I kind of liked when uh, when Randy James disintegrates. Oh yeah, De- mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I was into that. The special effects in this movie hold yeah, up. Steve Steve Johnson, man. Yeah, he does a great job. Like that arm falling off, mm-hmm. and like yeah. the, the the face, like yeah, it looks good. There's one one small moment with the with the close up on the head where it's. Obviously, it doesn't quite. Yeah, it gets a little claymation. Yeah, but other than that, like it looks so good. It really does. Yeah. Like the special effects in this movie are really good. Um, Mark, your favorite scene? Um, I actually, I would say I have favorite scenes in this one. Ooh. Um, and and that is, mm. well, it's not actually that funny, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, uh, let's Ryan, hear it, Mark. Ryan Come gets on, a point Mark. for that. Here we okay. go. Justin gets one there too for piling on. Um, uh, I, the the scenes after Joe Piscopo dies, I I think because Treat Williams then starts trying uh, trying to take on some of Joe Piscopo's character. He starts becoming the one that mm-hmm. delivers the wisecracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the jokes are so much tighter. Like the yeah. movie is yeah. remarkably better I agree. when Joe Piscopo is not in the movie. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, if this was if it was just Treat Williams, this would be overall a funnier, more effective movie, I think. But they had to have Piscopo, Mark. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. had to. I know. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's pretty the amazing how came much... back to him like a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> they kept going back to Piscopo, like, yeah. please do this yeah. movie. Well, it, it's better when Joe Piscopo is not in the movie. I, I really think that's, that's hmm. the case. Yeah. Hmm. I agree. The movie does get a lot better once he's dead. So your favorite scene is everything when once Piscopo is not in the film, basically. Yeah, because you have the scene where he 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 gets the ambulance just just shotgunning down a hill. Yeah, and like yeah. without any care. Yeah. At this yeah. point, he let I, I get it. He's already dead, but he now doesn't care about anyone's life. He's like, "Fuck all you people! I'm going to kill as many people as I can." <laughs> right. He doesn't even give and a he shit. He gets more of like a heavy metal look too. His he hair does. changes and he gets more punk rock. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, so I, yes, yes. All those scenes would not be possible if Joe Piscopo was still around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there something to that, Justin? Did they have the article where they, they talk about getting rid of Piscopo early or? <laughs> no, that's not in the article. Oh, okay. Well, that's, well, in, that's Maybe... in the Library of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> that's harder. You have to go to the Library of Congress. They have to have Look two. Up. They have to have two people with keys, and they have to put them in the slots, and then they have to turn them simultaneously. <laughs> turn your key, sir. <laughs> but if you have a laminated key card, you can disrupt this whole system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Erica, what is your favorite scene? Um, I also like Mark have multiple favorite scenes. Okay. Uh, the first one being, um, the fight scene when the two um when they're at her apartment. Oh, yeah, sure. And the two, you know, baddie zombies come in. One who I thought for a brief moment was Stephen Jeffries. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. But I was like, Ryan, that's Stephen Jeffries. That's our guy. He was like, that is not Stephen Jeffries. That is just <laughs> a man in makeup. Nope. Um, oh, I love that like scene. Ultimate that... slam on Stephen Jeffries. I know. God, sorry, Stephen Jeffries. Um, I just love that whole fight sequence and that like that he just sure. hid underwater. He literally his mm-hmm. hiding spot was just underwater in a pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a jacuzzi. Pool. Yeah, Someone's, someone's been like, watching a little too much fraternity vacation. I know, right? <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Um it's the and best then, time of the year. Yeah. And then afterwards he showers at her place. They've yeah. just met and he uses her hairbrush. I lost my mind. Yeah. I lost it. I was like, yeah. did he just use her hairbrush on his own hair? Eric was like, who does that? You just met her. You've not only showered in her place, but you're not using her brush. That's a flex. That is a flex. Have you guys ever done something? Have you ever done that? Do you ever use somebody else's shower and just decide, I'm going to use their brush? I'm going to use their. You know, use their other the stuff in their bathroom. Not only, no, I haven't. uh, So no, but also he leaves a tuft of hair in the brush and puts it back in the medicine cabinet. Yes, I know. (laughs) Made flex after flex. Oh my god! Yeah, just leave a little bit of him there. You know, he's flexing harder than Joe Piscopo in this whole film. (laughs) I missed that. Heyo, heyo. And finally, uh, third favorite scene is when. when Treat Williams has gone back to Dante Industries Laboratories and he and the other guy are just shooting each other and they shoot each other like 50 times. Oh, that and they're is just good. That's a cool Standing there with really machine good. guns just <laughs> constantly. I, I could have watched. I was, again, losing my mind yeah, with laughter. I could have watched really cool. that, that scene yeah. for another 30 seconds it was just and i believe that originally the scene was intended to go even longer oh and he i, sh- I was he just to about to down. say they so should great. have had it go long like yeah. to have them then reload clips yeah and keep going like just three keep four clips each other. in yeah. would have been oh. so it would have been yeah it would have been a <laughs> yeah. riot yeah Chef's completely kiss. yeah love that would have been very very funny yeah i agree yeah, um, I, I we kind of said a lot of the scenes that I had. I actually thought the deli scene might be an early favorite from everybody, but apparently God, not. I did. God, I did no. love the God. deli scene. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it, it was so, great. But so yeah. I will say that another cool effect that I thought was pretty great. There's there's two sections, and they happen to do with the double resurrection, if you will. But before that, even um, mm-hmm. we have Darren McGavin, who when he gets cornered, just goes not me and puts a gun in his mouth and i was like holy shit yeah yeah i was like i did not remember that at all and i was like fuck that is 
that is dark. <laughs> yeah. That is dark. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's hardcore. Yeah. And then they put him in the double I mean, Martin, res- Martin, Martin Riggs didn't do it, but Darren McGavin did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, then the double resurrection, like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, that was another really, I mean, again, it's just blowing stuff up, but I love that effect. And I thought that was cool, too. I totally yeah. dug that. All right. Let's get into our final question. Yeah, those These are cool are- scenes. Thank you, Justin. I thank you. Hey, you know what? Give give Justin a point for supporting Ryan when nobody else would. (laughs) No one else would. No one else. (laughs) All right. So final questions. These are our final questions for Dead Heat. Uh, This seems fairly obvious to say, but um, what would you guys do for your death day? Mm. Oh, gosh. Justin? I need to think for a second. You're laying it on pretty hard there. I know. Yeah. Wow, so, you really opened it. You I kicked did. this off with a really deep question. I sure did. Wow. How about rent out the new Beverly and screen Dead Heat and 35mm for myself and all <laughs> yes! my friends? There you go. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Mark, what would you do for your death day? Mm, definitely not that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but, Mark, you're going to be at my party. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I can, I can do that. I, yeah. You're I'll, I'll, see I'll, I, yeah. I can make that work. I can so that's that why work. you don't have to do that because you're going to get to do it with me. You're yeah. right. You're yeah. right. And <laughs> and I, I won't incur a taxable event of having to take out any of my investments to pay for the 35 millimeter print. So I, this is all upside. So actually, I'm just going to follow whatever. Justin and I are going to do this together. I'm in with him. <laughs> Mark, I feel like your death day is going to be just sitting down with your accountant and really hashing things out. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be the whole day, Ryan. It'll just be some of the It'll day. It'll just be a large part of the day. It'll be most of the day. There'll be a lunch in between. A lunch. Of course. Some finger sandwiches. Erica, de- uh, your death day celebration. Chinese food. Chinese exactly. food. And then I so- go to a stranger's house and brush my hair. <laughs> <laughs> And I just walk away. Uh, uh, Erica gets a point for that one. <laughs> oh, yep. My death day is just climbing in an ambulance. Just letting it rip. Taking off the, br- the emergency brake and letting it ride. See what happens. Wow. Wow. Yours is dark. Yeah. It's really dark. 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 Jeez. Um, all right. Um, if you had just fired an Uzi and then stuck it in your pants, you're going to burn your scrot, right? Am I right Absolutely. on that one? Absolutely. I'm not, but yep, Erica sure. wouldn't. But, but but would you if you're a zombie? Your yeah, skin's still yeah. gonna burn. It's still burn. Yeah. yeah. You may not feel pain, you but it's still gonna burn. If you're asking anymore. me if I'm gonna burn my scrot, no. But you know, maybe if I stuffed it into my bra, I would burn one of my titties. But if I jammed it in my pants, I would just you know maybe burn my leg. I'm just concerned for your scrot. <laughs> well, I'm smarter than that. I'm protecting my scrot. <laughs> All right. Um, Randy's apartment. Can we talk about it? Mm, Yes. (laughs) It's amazing. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Man, I want to fucking live in that. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I loved Uh. everything about her apartment. Is it like it's it was like a zebra print? It was some sort of animal print couch. A lot of neon lights. Neon fish tanks, a bar. She's got a sliding glass door as her main entry door. Yes. That's a bold choice. God, I really love that place. Her electrical so. bill must be through the roof. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. Well, Worth she can it. afford it. She works at Dante. <laughs> She's got a sugar mm-hmm. daddy. Yeah. She, that's why she went with the, uh, you know, rich old Loudermilk. So she got oh, weird. Daddy. Until just now, I thought Loudermilk was her dad. 
That's Whoops. what she says, but then she admits oh. later, right, Justin? Like I said, it's the it's the Anna, it's like the whole Anna Nicole oh, Smith God. story. Oh God, I missed that. Film. I yeah. missed yeah, that. It is. Got it. Okay. That's she was inspired by this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Weird thing, by the way, in Randy's apartment, that tape that has Vincent Price on it. Was that a Betamax tape? Mm. Because that is absolutely a Panasonic VHS player that he puts it into. Uh-oh! But that looks Crunching like a Betamax that he pulls out. Hmm. And he calls it just a tape machine, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty that, sure my I didn't parents pick up called it a one. tape machine for years. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Tape machine yeah. was actually, I'm yeah. sure, not a soul thought that was odd. Yeah. They were like, yeah, no. it's just a tape machine. Tape we machine. put our tapes yeah. in there. We play our tapes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, Betamax cannot be played in a VCR, guys. Just to let the kids know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the kids to know. Just yeah. In case they get a Betamax tape off of eBay and they try to put it in their VCR and break yeah. it. Make sure they know that. That's uh, a survival skill. I want them to know. Uh, also, kids, when you break it, when the tape gets stuck, when your audio tapes get stuck, mm-hmm. you just got to slowly remove the tape. You got to get a pencil. You got to roll it back up. This anyway. is Ryan's louder milk video <laughs> from, his, this is, from this is, his deathbed. This is honestly what I'm doing you know on my death day. This After, is what I'm doing. I'm just making videos. Yeah, that thank you. The younger generations are thank like, you. we know, old man. Yeah, we're I was just going to say that. Idiots. I was just going to say that. You that's know that's how your to, actual death day. You want to know how to really clean a chalkboard? Let yeah. me show you. Yeah. Right. And I just put these up on a YouTube, uh, in a YouTube just account. Just remember, no you put one the watches. record back in the sleeve and <laughs> then right. the plastic on the outside. Right. And you want to put the record in the sleeve, not so the record will fall out. You want to yeah <laughs> yeah it would be like everyone would be like this is torture i would never watch this guy yeah uh yeah i think we did all those we did all those that's oh, the end of final questions right. we got through all of them quickly into our research as justin mentioned this was released may 6 1988 at the domes mm. uh this was opposite shakedown <gasps> with sam elliott and peter weller wow. and salsa mm. great movie and it trailed behind mm, not both. Not so great movie. <laughs> and it, it trailed behind both at the box office. Hmm. The next week saw Friday Seven, The New Blood, and Maniac Cop open. Oh wow, that was a good weekend. That was very limited release. Then the New World's The Wrong Guys also apparently came out that week. So Dead Heat was not going to have a strong second week. So uh, and if you look at Shakedown, mm-hmm. it also looks like a buddy cop movie. Uh, so they had two so buddy cop movies. Around. Salsa also buddy cop movies. <laughs> Correct. Wait a minute. Salsa has twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and Dead Heat only has eleven. Mm-hmm. Come on. Well, Salsa yeah. is a superior film. I mean, according to Rotten Tomatoes, and Rotten Tomatoes doesn't lie. That's right. Um, but yes, there was two basically buddy cop movies: Shakedown, Dead Heat, and people clearly chose Shakedown because it had RoboCop. So yeah, yeah, hard to beat that, I guess. Critics also hated this movie. Hmm. The LA Times said that Dead Heat doesn't have enough good ideas or real spirit to sustain itself. I'm not watching it for good ideas, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) While the Chicago Tribune said Williams and Piscopo (laughs) seem to be on autopilot when delivering their lines, not relating to one another, not picking up each other's timing. I think they're getting confused with Rebecca and Treat Williams. Rebecca and the rest of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, in terms of New World history, <laughs> Return of the Killer Tomatoes opened in April. Uh, the Wrong Guys, as I said, uh, also opened up in that same month. And then it's a lot of VHS rental stuff until like September. Hmm. I was looking through all the stuff, the mm-hmm. titles, and there's just not a lot. They're not releasing a lot till Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which we will get to eventually. But that was supposed to get a very wide uh, theatrical distribution. And by the time they actually did release it, it only went out to a couple hundred theaters. I remember it being much bigger. The, the, the release? Uh, yeah, Elvira. I just remember being like a lot of people went to see it. I, but maybe that was just in my Yes, I'm just saying it wasn't circle. as it wasn't as wide, apparently, mm-hmm. in terms of its release. And at this point, New World was actually New World Entertainment. And they were also getting sued by Michael Mann at that time. Mm. So that same year, Michael Mann's suing them, I believe, because of Crime Story, because that mm. was something that they were producing. And um, so they had filed for bankruptcy at this point. So Freeway in limited release also in September, then Angel 3 in November, and Hellbound Hellraiser 2 in December. This is like basically, I think, the beginning of the end here with Dead Heat, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is like we're starting to get it's starting to get rough. Yeah. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. because they only put out a few more movies theatrically after Hellbound. So like this is but this is already you're seeing signs of you know, the train's off the track, essentially, mm-hmm. at yeah. this point. There is a deleted scene from this movie that I, I believe Justin would probably know, but there's a deleted scene with Linnea Quigley, uh, who played a zombie go-go girl who pops out of a cake during a Death Day dream sequence that mm. Roger has. That was mm. deleted from the film. Also, Dick Miller. Good old Dick Miller, that guy, Dick Miller, was in a scene at the funeral parlor. He was a security guard, another terrible security guard who gets who Roger pays off for the $50 bill. But his scene got cut. Um, I'd also like to say I kind of hate that Mark Goldblatt only directed this and The Punisher, and he didn't do anything else. Yeah. Like, obviously, he had a, he has an incredible career as an editor, but it's kind of a shame that New He World did a TV just... show, and that's it. Oh, did he? Okay, that's good. But, I mean, it was like in 92, and it never went anywhere. Hmm. Okay, but it's just a shame, and it, and it seems terrible that New World like gave him his start and then ruined his <laughs> directing career by these two sad stories uh, with Dead Heat, where they released it and didn't give it much attention, and they did not promote it hardly at all, and that's why I don't think this did very well. And then the, the Punisher completely gets delayed by years in the United States, so it's kind of a bummer, because uh, I think this at least shows... Those two movies show that Mark Goldblatt was a pretty good action director, uh, certainly a good action editor, mm-hmm. but I think he had some chops and it's a shame he didn't get more opportunities. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people that were mm-hmm. not getting more opportunities, this movie was also produced by David Helpern and Michael uh, Meltzer. Helpern had previously produced 1986's Willie slash Millie, a.k.a. Something Special, and Meltzer had produced The Hidden. And this was the first production for their joint production company, Helpern Meltzer Productions. And in the press kit, it says Dead Heat is the first of their projects to go into production, although they currently have a full roster of films in various stages of development at a number of Hollywood studios, including New World Pictures, 20th Century Fox, MGM, and Columbia Pictures Television. So this was their big grand beginning. Unfortunately, the only other movie that they ever make together... Uh, is the hidden two, and that is they it. They didn't make the hidden one. They didn't. They, no, 
No, uh, only Meltzer had produced the hit huh. himself. And then the two of them joined forces with their production company to help out when Hidden 2. And then they both go on and produce other stuff, but they don't. This is it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I'm saying Dead Heat just helped close off a lot of things. Right, right. Um, It really took a lot of... From Joe Piscopo to... Correct. The director and on. It was was the beginning and the end to a lot of people's Mm -hmm. careers. To New World Entertainment, to Mm -hmm. everybody was like, this thing? Uh." So, that that, that is it for Dead Heat! (laughs) (laughs) Justin, thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you. (laughs) well we hope you guys had a good time hope you enjoyed our episode about dead heat if you like this episode please rate and review us on um apple Podcasts. that would be a big help to us if you could you can also follow us on our social medias on instagram and on uh twitter as well you can also write us if you'd like to write us tell us your hot take about dead heat your favorite scene and which t-shirt should we go to? You can write us at info at newworldpodcast.com. Thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody. musicians like to think the best life beer is the one we drink. And every rapping cat I know drinks. Ain't that so? Taste flavor. That's filling. Taste flavor. That's filling. Don't stop me now. I'm on a roll. (laughs) Get it right. There's only one life. Miller 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 Miller